0: I would like to talk in English, but you know, uh, uh, I couldn't sleep tonight, so probably my English is going to be a disaster. But I pr- I, I'm going to try, to be honest, uh, uh, and I would like to thank the organization for the invitation. Mohamed, Agnès and Philippe, thanks a million, thanks to everybody for listening to me here. And thanks to the women who were in exhibition in all over the world two weeks ago, thanks a million for this success, thank you, thank you honestly. Well, I'm going to talk to you on, on uh, a narrative in Spain because what I think and uh, what I want to show is a narrative is able to create an, a specific identity and this identity is based on uh, uh, subjectivity in Spain who is not able to remember, he's not able to knowing what happened with the past and this identity, for me, is the the main identity in Spain so the lack of demand of uh, social or transitional justice is probably the main problem in Spain in our days we have no transitional justice, we have no truth or reconciliation commissions, whatever we have just an amnesty law in force and we had 330 people buried in mass graves in Spain. So when we walked down to Spain, we walk over deaf people. And this is very strange for our country. But it's not this, the, the, the strange thing uh, which uh, makes me think about what is happening. My main problem is that the problem of, the, of this kind of uh, uh, narrative created in Spain during the Francoist period, post-Francoist period. Let me let me start with these the slices because th- I think they are interested in order to explain why this, my country is like this. No, This is a sculpture, it's in the north of Spain in Galicia, you can see it, it's a sculpture made by uh, from Sanchez del Castillo, it's a sculpture and uh, the title is Spitten leaders. Spitten leaders talk to as a metaphor of what Spain is. You know, this is a middle class guy in Spain just drinking water, spitting by Franco, and this is the way you know, to understand why Spanish people is still covered by this kind of Francoist culture, more than a political culture, I'm talking about a, you know, a, a social culture. So I think it's a, a way in order to start with my presentation. There is another one, very interesting, this one, I want to show it before, because you can you can realize this is the history, history of Spain, Fossiles is, is a, an archaeological place in Spain, Atapuerca is one of the most important archaeological places in Spain, there are a lot of money spending by the government in order to escape this archaeological place, but the victims are still in the same grave than before. So the cartoon, you know, is an exhibition, a humoristic exhibition of what Spain is. So, okay, we have two slices, we have two pictures in order to start. And another one, another one, because I, I would like to start my presentation with a story of myself, the story of myself about or through my high school. Once upon a time there was a high school, this was a high school. The high school was a republican and liberal institution in Spain before 36. Then when Franco won the war, started to reform this high school and create another one with the name Ramiro de Maestu. Ramiro de Maestu used to be one of the most conservative writers in Spain, he was killed in in 1936 by republicans, but he used to be one of the most thinkers of the Franco regime, and the institute has this kind of culture, you know, with Franco riding a horse, it's very classic, it's still alive, it's still uh, in force, but what is important is Something. In the whole of this school there was something like a memorial tablet. A memorial tablet I, I used to see, I used to watch every day when I reached the high school. And the tablet, you know, the minister of education making this kind of, you know, fascist mm, uh, movement. And the table uh, uh, says something like this. This high school was destroyed and ravaged by the uh, Marxist fury and was reorganized and rebuilt by the sign of our uh, non defeated leader, General Franco. Well, blah, blah, it's not that important. The date is 1939, the, the end of the war, and the motte is. Up with the Spain. Okay, it was in 1941, but somebody during, this, during 70s to the the seventies decided to change the the tablet, and decide to change the narrative, and the narrative was this one. It's the same table, you know. It just they they, they put on a different measures and it says something like uh, this: building, destroy. By the horror of the war, was rebuilt by 119, up with Spain. So it's a falsification, but made by Franco regime at the end of the Franco regime, I mean in 1972. So something happened in the way, because the two narratives belong. To Franco regime but they are different. One of them uh, uh, clarified the situation of uh, 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 an enemy and the enemy is Marxism, but in the second one the enemy is just the war. Okay, this is the main narrative in democracy in Spain and in Spain there is not a narrative specifically democratic, it comes from Franco regime, so we have not a proper democratic interpretation of the civil war. Let me follow, okay, the, the, the uh, tablet was in, in, an, in a, it's abandoned in a basement now, you know, is the tablet, you can find it, but anyway, the question is, the tablet is abandoned, but the me- 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 message is still alive in Spanish culture, so and this is important for me. The question is: if You read this paper. This is the page, a page of a newspaper called El País in 1977, where the main director of the newspaper wrote something like this. Uh, I don't want to read it. You can read it in English or in Spanish, whatever you want. Okay, I'm gonna li- give you time enough in order to read it. And what do you discover? in relationship with the tablet. Do you find any relationship? No? Yes, it's the same. It's uh, Properly the same, okay. I mean, the way of doing this message is the way of Franco's way of thinking at the end of his rolling. So the question is what happened? What happened in Spain to create this kind of messages And what kind of identity created this narrative? So may the dead bury the dead ones. I'm gonna read, okay? This commandment was published in El País newspaper on January 20th, 1977 and written by the pen of Javier Pradera, one of the most notorious figures at the moment because of his anti-Francoism activism condition and due to his enormous journalistic capacity with a similar statement, may the dead bury they all dead once. The commandments appear, again six years later, in the same newspaper whose authorship probably belonged to Pradera himself. Both texts use language as in a performative way with the objective of ethically establishing the frontiers between past and present, using a stereotype counterpoint between the dead ones who are the symbol of what is already known and doesn't deserve to be repeated, and the alive who ones who incarnate the values which have, be, who have to be promoted precisely because they do not belong to the past. Nevertheless, the rhetorical exercise of building the past initiated by Pradera reaches its full potential when the author describes the past as an undesirable place, a cataclysm, a death place, closed with a current interest for a present that now appear as an exalted event. Seen from this uh, perspective, the two articles which appear in El País newspaper are important examples of a type of narratives that became dominant during the post-Franco regime and which nowadays still have an immense rhetoric power to create identities not interested on transitional justice. These are a post-traumatic type of narratives that some scholars, especially those interested in the relationship between a violent past and the way it is represented throughout history, call Redemptive narratives. The theme is based on the secular movement of the biblical composition that sequences <coughs> Excuse me. Excuse me. that sequences three emblematic movements expulsion from paradise, history, and finally redemption. In terms of lyicism, the redemptive narrative goes through a beginning. Development and ending. The ending means improvement, but above all, it means closer. Secularized, the texts signed by Pradera have a messianic meaning. A collective messiah is called to start an urgent salvation of the injustice perpetrated by the former generation and is called to avoid his social utopias because this old generation is precisely the guilty for the civil war According to the dictum, May the dead bury the dead ones the recent past is the sublimation of what is negative which operates as a counterpoint to highlight the moral consumption of the present. It's overall the territory where the ancestors live and where they are only expected to self-bury dense souls with their former utopias, full of violence and blunder. This proposition was inspired by the understanding of sources published in El País newspaper between 1976 and 1986 that were about the civil war and the damage it caused during the political changing process. I have chosen to extend my observation up to 1986 because that year was the 15th anniversary of the conflict and the first commemoration celebrated during the post-Francoist regime, in which was is possible to verify the progressive reification of the redemptive narrative. On the other hand, having chosen El País newspaper as a source, lies on the fact that it is considered as one of the media directly responsible for the creation of the public post-Francoism space and consequently of the specific relationship the Spaniards have developed with the past since the death of the dictator Unlike other media, El País introduced itself in on 1976 as a media not influenced by the past and which strive from an investment in the future will allow extending its influence beyond elites and political parties up to the citizenship that was changing after years and years of suffering a dictatorship. The former director of El País, Juan Luis Cebrián, okay, this guy, contributed to consolidate the constructive line between the past and the present to, that was hegemonic during the post-Franco East Spain. Since then, this way of understanding the present as a locked achievement and the past as a disaster was recreated in the Madrid newspaper, even by ex-Francoist scholar like Pedro Lainentralgo who often wrote on the pages of El País. The main thing is that redemptive narrative implicitly structured in the biblical trial Expulsion from Paradise, history, and a fa- as a phase of Athens and tribulation and redemption, uh, started taking, talking sorry, a secularized shape on the sequence: civil war, Francoism, and transition. The narrative described Spain during the Second Republic and the Civil War as the events where backwardness and irrationality dwelt. namely quotations, the pretty savage Spain, the strained and red-necked Spain of the 30s, of passions that could stop us from reasoning, it had given rise to the major disaster of the 36, an uncivil war, a collective failure, a of Francis- war, or two of our unfortunate Spanish war, the terrible massacre, the atrocious tragedy, From form which it was only possible to redeem oneself through a maturing process or a rational process that developed into a really consolidated democracy, meaning the liberal parliamentary democracy of 1988. Saving narrative pretends to theologically domesticate the events with a conforming narrative, conforming precisely because it gives an end to one of the mystery-based stories and announced the start of a new history, now redeemed, that is, the story of the 78 democracy. The redeemer bias of the narrative not only appears at its end, it's also shown on how the actors of the narr- narrated history are labelled. It's illustrative that respect the near complete absence of the victim concept, to address those who place a role on the stage of the Civil War or during the Francoism repression. Only a dozen of articles, editorials and letters to the editor about the history prior to the transition describe victims of Franco. Accustomed to the constant presence of the term in our current societies Victimized societies, the lack of it is uh, stricken. However, can there be victim in an event, the civil war, for example, which is plotted as a sort of expulsion of the paradise, from the paradise? The identifier of the repressed people is different. Victorious, defeat, disease. And death especially they are implicitly or explicitly guilty and it's because it's the redeemer's sense of narrative which moves them away from focus as victims and at the same time shows them as guilty of a huge catastrophe result of their own wrath, kainism, moral immaturity, brutality, Dogmatism and sectarism, irrationality, passion in any way, or they reprehensible and guilty violence. Already in 1976, the scholar Treca Goitia and Julian Marías insisted on different articles about the absent during the 30s decade of any restrained Spaniard and on the collective distribution of fault, which, according to them, demanded a huge general confession of each Spaniard. The same year two readers sent two letters to the editor in which the first one say, guilty a whole war generation because they were all wrong, while the second one blamed that generation for living the absurdity of an unnecessary war. Nevertheless, in all that period, The term reconciliation was intensely seen as a saving concept. It was understood as a considerably discontinuous period from from which it was expected to create a new history that could define the past. Far from being guilty of creating the present, it was a purely negative counterpoint and especially the Civil War become something completely nauseous. Antonio Tobar made explicit in a 1983 article the commandment Thy past be done, which is included in our redemptive narratives. For the new generation to see civil war as a distant historical episode, it's necessary for the actor to reconcile. I'm okay? Okay. <laughs> yeah? Going back on how were the actors of the redeeming, redeeming narrative la- labelled, it was, an uh, it was important to identify those guilty for the expulsion of paradise as those messiah who contributed to the collective salvation. In this textual framework is where the regime reformists and the finally breaking opposition found a proper niche to build with the help of many professional historians, a glorious narrative identity built as a stereotype counterpoint of those who, who incarnate alternative social projects on the 30s decades, labeled at its best as Utopist projects At the head of the savevor groups will have been placed the monarchy, which had represent wi- 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 uh, sorry, which had reserved for itself the highly important role of closing the hardship story and consummating the beginning of a new era. In this respect, the relationship established between the past and the present in the hegemonic narrative is an emblem of the denial that the redemptive narratives create around the trauma that originated them. The narrative writes the overcoming of the original event, the Civil War, but does not address the traumatic consequences and daily breakdowns that took place after the failed attempt of a coup d'etat in 1936, and especially the social reorganisation developed through the systematic use of fear during the almost four decades of Franco genocide. We can speak about genocide if we consider the Franco sphere not as an authoritarian order, but an inherent element of a regime that applied a systematic plan to transform the social order and groups. In this term, it could be said that Spain became, especially during the 40s and 50s decade, some sort of concentrated network some sort of panoptic menace of affair, which slowly shots on those who were directly affected by the repression against those who experienced the menacing effects of the system. Seen from this perspective, the Francoist genocide is a key to understanding the close amongst an important amount of Spaniards of a denial deal, that is, an inconsistent, inconsistent, sorry and social deal, an intergenerational deal that collect collectively suppressed the memory of, wa- of what could jeopardize the current interpersonal agreements The understanding of the civil war as a collective <laughs> madness, typical of the redemptive narrative of the first post-Francoist era, was a paradigmatic example which is also nurtured the symbolic reaffirmation of Francoism through representative practice whose aim was destroy the social relationships previous to the Civil War and also dismantle the memory of, this, of those relationships. It was through the 16th Decay, in a context where the middle class raised, the rural exodus increased, where the new mass-consumption class appear, of economic growth and of a new legitimacy of the regime based on the efficiency, when a huge part of the generation of the baby boomers agree on creating social frameworks of the memory in which the 30s represent nothing just but madness. The relation of a huge number of Spaniards with the Civil War had a very obvious historical dystopian residue during the first post-Francoist period and on the analysed pages of ten years of El País, when the alleged redemption of the transitional narrative didn't appear to be guaranteed for those actors who created or endorsed it. This form of Utopian thought, according to which was impossible was, uh, what is possible is undeceable, emerged from the fiction prospect of the return of a nonsensical past susceptible to lead to a new civil war, and it's very possible that this negative prospect has contributed to the demobilisation of the transition social wave of protest, whose origins date back to the second half of the fifties period, in the creation of a pretty conservative political culture with a stake to democracy k- since the seventies, as long as this democracy equals public order and the discredit of the utopias legacy of the eighties, of the thirties, sorry Well, I'm gonna finish, I'm gonna finish saying something like, uh, mm, like, any, uh, like any other historical narrative The redemptive narrative formulated during the post-Franco period has a mythical dimension as it has an internal consistency, a plot that is ultimately self-referential. In Spain the main issue is to deal with the end of a recent past and the start of a new history determined by some sort of historical philosophy based on the inevitable modernisation of the citizenship. For some decades we have created a self-centred subjectivity with that utopia which projected our deepest desire to bring the past beyond a bunch of democratic institutions that were sublimated as a counterpoint of those that we have buried with the violent authors. We haven't realized that our inability to improve our citizenship status is related to the resilience of that narrative. A modest proposal to escape from that victorious narrative might be found on the historical thought of Walter, Walter Benjamin. His redemptive understanding of history has to be picked up because it's far from consummation and consider the hopes of the defeat once as projects capable of re- updating, and which can be inspiration as an, a positive of the idea that the post-Francoist victory was, is history is the only possible history. The victims of the past would never wo- versus, Excuse me. The vic- the, the of the past would recover the first form of dissenters, fighters to remind us that history is always open, that this is, a, that this is an, an arborescence of alternatives where new forms of emancipation can mark the future, but also means new catastrophes could be happened, like the one we are currently living through in our days. Thanks Emilian for having me, I hope you are interested in my words later. Right Thank you. Thank you. <laughs>